the High Regard Show. It's electric. Like I don't know. Shocking. I'm out. Check out the High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things that we hold in very high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. To a deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> so, this is our very first episode. Numero uno. And it's weird because it's not something that we would usually do. I feel like you and I are... Behind the scenes characters. Yeah, you are a writer. I'm more visual. I do design and photography. And when I do do any writing, most of it is actually for you, Nikki. It's true. It is true. We've kind of had these collaborations the past couple years. And you actually can see some of the stuff that we've done together on our website, highregardshow.com. We've had, uh, we uploaded some of our older stories that we've worked on for other publications. Yeah, and there will be a lot more to come. Yes, lots of fresh content coming up as we've got lots of things up our sleeves. Oh, yeah. And as a person who spent most of that time writing, such as yourself, mm -hmm. and with the content that we're putting up like on our site, what do you say is one of your favorite stories that we might be sharing with our audience? Um, actually, one of my favorite stories that I've worked on in recent times um, was a story about a brothel that I wrote about. Oh, nice. Can we go to this brothel now? <laughs> we cannot go to this brothel now. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the brothel. Well, it's about 60 miles outside of Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, one of the biggest questions I had about this brothel, because I actually spoke to the madam who runs the brothel, and she manages like up to 120 girls. You know, there's usually about 20 to 30 on property at all times. Um, That's a lot of like prostitutes in one place. Well, they don't call them prostitutes. Oh, them. what do they, they call, call them? They call them courtesans, oh. which is like a very old fancy word. I believe it might be French, but like... A French for what? Pretty much prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm trying to class it up a bit. But still, it's, you know, it's this resort. They've got a hotel. They've got a sports bar. They've got, you know, a spa and everything. And then they have these bungalows where you could actually go into the girls' rooms, pay them for whatever services you might want or that they might be willing to do, and have yourself a jolly old time. How does it come about? Like, did you go to the brothel in order to get this interview done? I did. I went undercover. You did? No, I didn't. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not very fair that we can't go to the brothel, but you got to go to the brothel. Is that the no. reason why we can't go back? <laughs> Sorry, there's a part of my past I don't want to talk about. Oh, well. <laughs> no, but actually, I just did a phone interview with the madam, um, Dina, who runs the ranch. It's called Sherry's Ranch. And again, it's uh, about 60 miles outside of Las Vegas. And prostitution is very interesting in, in Nevada because you'd think, like, you hear stories that it's like, oh, it's prostitution's legal in Nevada. It's legal, but it ain't 100% legal. So you can't get a legal prostitute in Las Vegas, but you can go to this place that's outside in a different county that's less populated, and 
you can go to these brothels. And there's other brothels that are there, but the one that I spoke to was Sherry's Ranch. And there's not, like, a lot of brothels like you would think in the area. Like, right. they are pretty limited. Are they state-regulated? I believe they are, yes. Like, they have, like, the girls have to have a business, like, there's a specific business life. It, it reminds me almost of, like, what a cosmetologist has to do, where you have to get, like, the approval to be, like, a hairdresser. Like, you get, like, a certificate that says, like, I can do this. And then you go to, like, a salon and you rent a chair in a salon. Well, these girls come and they rent a room. You know, and it's $46 a day, and then they set their prices for whatever they want to do. So they could say a blowjob is $300, and if that is the price for a blowjob, the house gets half of that. It's weird. Who do you think that the lucky bastard is that gives out these tests to see if somebody is qualified (laughs) to get a blowjob license? (laughs) Well, I don't think that you get a blowjob license, but you get like a business license because you are running your own business. Like, and it could be very lucrative if, you know, you play your cards right. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, it's weird. Like, we've seen, like, God, so many documentaries on it over the years, Mm -hmm. and depending on what documentary you see, like, you will see women who will go on and be like, I make $5,000 a day. And then you'll, like, see a documentary on the exact same subject where there are a bunch of prostitutes on Skid Row. Mm-hmm, who, right. Who, who are like eating ramen to survive. Right. So, like, what do you think it is that makes it so that these people that are in Nevada, you know, that are, it, it's just so much different for them? Because I think it's because they're run like a business. Like, it's not just like you walk into this place and it's a seedy place. Like, it's, a, I've, the pictures look good. I mean, you remember seeing like there's that HBO show, Cat House. Like, you've seen them in like, they look like a hotel. They're very clean. They're very kept, like kempt. And, you know, you see these things and they're run like a business because they have to be run like a business. It's not like you're going to give this guy 50 bucks and he's going to shove it in his pocket and then send you down a dark alley. Like, it's a legitimate business. And, you know, these girls, they stay there for one to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And once, like, they lock in for whatever time, like, between, they have to stay for a minimum of a week. Mm-hmm. But between that time, they don't leave. They don't leave the property because they're tested when they come on property, you know, for STDs, AIDS, and everything like that. And they stay there and they get, there's there's hair salons, there's the pool, like there's everything that they could need because it is a full function, a fully functioning resort. And they only have to show up for like the lineups when somebody comes in and says, I want to see like, let me see the menu. And like the menu is, you know, the blonde, the brunette, and whatever kind of woman that, you know, you want to see in this lineup. So, (laughs) all right. I see you have some questions. (laughs) No, well, I'm just one. It's just such a bizarre situation because, I mean, you know, we've both been to Vegas. I've been to Vegas so many, Mm -hmm. many, many, many times over the years because I used to work for a casino. And having gone to Vegas but never have gone out into the desert to a brothel situation, there is definitely, like, an air of prostitution that's available in the Las Vegas area, for right, sure. Right, but that's not legal. It's not legal in Vegas because the population is so big. Right, but, I mean, when you walk around and you hear these stories about Vegas, my automatic mm-hmm. go-to when you say prostitution in Nevada is, like, going, oh, the women who, like, dress up, who will, out of the blue, see you with a stack full of... Chips. chips in your hand and they'll come up to you and they'll start talking to you and you're like oh why is this person talking to me there's no way that, and then you buy her a drink that and this then, woman yes. should be talking to me she sidles up to you at the bar 
No, usually they just stop you and they just walk up to you and oh, they, they see the see chips you. and they'll like walk up to you and be like, hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you. And then you feel stupid and then you're like going, oh, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Especially somebody like me who forgets everyone's <laughs> name true. over it's time. True. I could be in the middle of a conversation with somebody that I just met like literally a minute before and then be like, what the hell is your name again? <laughs> Even his own family members. <laughs> Even my own family members at times. But I think that's selective more than anything. <laughs> true, so, true. <laughs> but, I, but like I would say when you go through like a Vegas casino and one of these women come up to mm-hmm. you, it's very, it's very kind of like underhanded. It's, it's very like on the down low. Well, of course. Yeah. Where you're talking about a situation where people will just like walk up to you and say like all right we're having a lineup now just pick out what you want you want and head off to the room exactly yeah it's kind of like what you would see you know in the old like in the brothels of like the old west or something and it's what you would imagine vegas would be exactly but it's not in vegas which is just the weirdest thing vegas is a weird town in general it's not like you know what 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 is that what's that slogan what happens in vegas yeah what happens like vegas? i just totally like and you know sin city like technically sin city is deeper in the desert <laughs> yeah i feel like the whole sin city thing has played out i feel like it was a great marketing campaign but at the end of the day like the only sin is the fact that you're going to lose most of your money in a casino <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the only sin that's going to happen and like you're not going to go home and brag about it which is why that stays there yeah exactly exactly but sometimes the sin does come to vegas once a year it comes to vegas when the um avns take over the hard rock hotel yes the adult video news which you and i both attended last year yes yes for the first time we went and it was very interesting it was very like i had gone to conferences even in vegas you know i've gone to like financial conferences which were definitely not like the avns yes it's hard to compare financial conferences to adult video award conferences. <laughs> right, but there were similarities, which were really strange, where it was like, you know, when you go to, like, a financial conference or, like, an industry, like a normal industry or what people think is a normal industry conference, you have people that are peddling their businesses, like, oh, here's this, get this, here's a packet, here's this. It, the AVNs were very like that, where it was like, hey, I sell this toy, I sell this lube, I sell this massager, you know? It was... It was very tame with, you know, a little bit of... With sinful undertow. Yes, yes. Little little sidecars of sin. <laughs> little, yeah, man. And it's weird because I think when we first planned the trip out, it was right after you did the brothel story, mm-hmm. and we decided, like, all right, we're going to go to Vegas. We knew we weren't going to get to go to the brothel because it was far off the beaten path right. compared to where it was. And we and only had a few days, and we had a full docket of things that we needed to do. Right. Otherwise, we totally would have gone, because we actually were invited to go down mm-hmm. there and check the place out. Yes. I mean, they were awesome. When yeah, they were really, really work. great to talk to. But we, there was just no way we could have, like, gotten checked out, like, at that time. So And they will pick you up, and bring you like they will pick you up in vegas because you obviously fly into vegas and they will pick you up and drive you to the brothel which would have been incredible mm-hmm. but we obviously just but we had to show it there was no way but the show thing i think that you and i both had it in our heads like it was just gonna be like sodom and gomorrah absolutely just and that's debauchery. the first word that comes yeah. to mind it's, it's <laughs> like you would say that's the only place you could be like oh that's good and to be honest with you i don't even know what happened in sodom and gomorrah but i'm supposing that it would be what I have in my mind for the AVNs is what actually happened there. I think it's debauchery. It's just 
debauchery is pretty much what I've always thought. Yes, as if, as if like they went and opened up like Animal House to an entire country. <laughs> and they were like, here you go. There's going to be a whole lot of like just hijinks happening. <laughs> hijinks, lots of hijinks. <laughs> lots of hijinks. <laughs> and that's what the AVNs were. <laughs> yeah, well, to a point. I mean, like you said before, it's it's also a lot of like people coming in. Like, all right, so the way I saw it as, I mean, it was great content to try to go and like meet people and get their stories on different subjects and stuff like that um, and learn about their products. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like we were walking around and it was just like... Rubbing naked elbows with porn stars. Yeah. And they were there and they were walking. I mean, they were very accessible, which was really cool. Like, especially just being there to cover an event. Like, it was really cool to see how available they were to not just, like, press that might be wandering on, but just, like, fans. Because there were a lot of fans that went there. Not that a lot of them wanted to talk to us on record, but... Hardly anybody wanted to talk. And I found that... Well, on day one, I would Mm -hmm. say, it was hard to get a lot of people to talk at all. Like, you would get, like, the talent. They would all be willing to definitely... Oh, yeah, as soon as they saw a camera, they were like, hello. Yes. So, we go there, and we walk in, and who's the first person we see? Ron Jeremy. Which is so bizarre, because here's this guy, whether you watch porn or you don't watch porn... You know who Ron Jeremy is. Of course, yeah. I've never in my life seen him in a movie, but I know that I love him. <laughs> and your mom, obviously, knows Ron Jeremy. <laughs> my mom does know Ron Jeremy. She um, went to visit my brother when he lived in California many moons ago, and she called me to let me know how her day was. And I said, oh, did you see any famous people? Ha, ha, ha. You know, and I'm like, you're in Hollywood. Oh, everybody's a star. And she's, <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, we saw some, like, porn star i don't know i didn't believe that he was a porn star and i was like what did he look like she goes i'm not very porn star like and i was like oh my god was it ron jeremy like and i was so jealous because i had been there like a couple months before her and i didn't see anybody and that's like the guy like i would have loved to have seen him somewhere i feel like he's not the guy that you would necessarily see in california though and i know like yeah the porn industry's out in california mm-hmm. but i'm surprised she didn't like say like oh yeah like i saw like you know a Kiefer Sutherland or somebody along those lines, like her claim to fame was Ron Jeremy yeah, when she was yeah. in California. And she is not someone, I mean, this is not anyone who ever like had a sex talk with me. So she's not somebody who would have known him unless she was told who he was. Well, I think she was too busy watching Ron Jeremy videos. To sex talk <laughs> no, with I don't want to think could about be, that. Could be the situation, but whatever. Change the record. Uh, but we see him walking down, the hallway as mm-hmm. we went to go to the registration at booth. the hard rock hotel and he was awesome man mm-hmm. he was just like stopping and talking shaking to people. hands getting yeah. pictures like he was just very affable like he's just a very friendly guy like you could see it in his face and it's weird because you would think like somebody like him might not necessarily be that susceptible to the public i feel like people who like sleep around a lot feel like they're above it but maybe there's a level where you get, mm. where you slept with so many people, you come back down to earth. But it's not, like, I don't think they look at it like, you know, oh, I slept with this person. Like, to them, it was like, you know, like, when I say, like, oh, I wrote a story. Like, that's, like, hey, I made a movie. Like, that's my day job. And Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Like, because I feel like, you know, like, even in watching some of, like, the documentaries and stuff, the new people that start, like in brothels or in the mm-hmm. adult film industry when they interview them they always come across as very cocky and then i feel like we met enough established people mm-hmm. at this event where it was kind of like 
somehow over time they realized it's a job. Like I'm not so magnetic that I'm getting to sleep with like all these people. Right. I mean, and even one, like, you know, one of the shocking things, not shocking, but just like surprising was when we interviewed James Dean, who is the biggest male porn star out there right now. He's definitely up there. Like top, he, top two, definitely. I mean, he's known by like mainstream. I mean, maybe his, you know, mainstream movie didn't do as well as everybody thought that it would. But, but he but he made the but leap. But he still, he did make the leap. But he just, like, he just said, like, he doesn't see himself as, like, a leading man. And that was, like, so surprising to me because he's like, the girls are the leading man. And it's like, no, no, people yeah. are coming to see, like, what you're going to do to them because <laughs> sometimes you could be pretty harsh. <laughs> like, you know, I, but he just said it's just for him. He's just a co-star. And he was just so down to earth because he still has people in his life that he grew up with that were just like, keep him grounded. And that was really like surprising to me. Yeah. And I would think somebody like James Dean, who would be able to like step back and recognize his accomplishments where he would not go out and say, I'm a co-star. Like, I think that no matter what field you're in, even if you're not confident with it, you would be able to look at it and be like, on, yeah, like, I pretty much stand out. Mm -hmm. When people, like, turn on a video and, like, I mean, he has been on a lot, a lot of videos over the years. Ridiculous. So I've heard. So you've heard. But, I mean, when you turn on a video and he's in it, he's usually the one that you look at and you're like, that's James Dean. Like, you don't usually know who the woman is with him. And he looks at it as, I'm just there as like, you know. He's a prop. (laughs) He's a prop. He's a prop. He's a stunt dick. He's a stunt dick. (laughs) A stud horse. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. But, I mean, he was very, very humble about it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, and he knows that, you know, like, he definitely comes across as, like, I know that I'm, I'm lucky. Right. Like, with the situation that I have. And he goes and says, and I can do this, and... The fact that he does the porn stuff affords him to start doing his legitimate stuff now. Mm-hmm. Which I say legitimate, but I mean, I don't even know why he'd want to go legitimate. Because his porn stuff will probably make him more money than his legitimate stuff ever will. So why not just stick with it? Who exactly. cares? Because I think there's still just like a stigma. like. Well, yeah. And we learned that trying to walk around like on the first day and get interviews from people. We did, yeah. Like and... just people were like, oh yeah, I'm here. Like, hey, what brings you here? They're like... Well, you know, we were in town, we heard about it, we wanted to go. Like, I've always liked porn. But then when it came time to, like, actually giving their opinions or, like, giving specific answers, they were like, I don't want to be on record. Yeah, and we got a lot of, like, oh, like, my significant other, like, might hear this interview. And it's like, well, we won't use your name. Mm -hmm. We're not going to use any images of you. But still, they were just like, just in case. Yeah. And it's like, what is the stigma about it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because, like, I myself haven't seen a lot of porn. Like, You're I missing haven't. Out. <laughs> I haven't. But, like, and that's a, like, I like reading books. You know, like, I love reading. You are a reader. I am a reader. Like, and I always was. And, you know, my first, like, I, I like reading erotica, like, on occasion. You know, like, Anais Nin, that's. Like, I love that kind of stuff. And, you know, Anne Rice wrote this, like, great take on Sleeping Beauty, which I found snooping through my brother's room, but we'll save that for another day. (laughs) (laughs) But, like... The High Regard Show, building content by the minute. (laughs) But, 
like the first my first foray into almost I guess you could call it slight pornography or smut I think smut would be a really good word was like kind of stealing my mom's Jackie Collins novels when I was little because I would run out of things to read because I read so much and I would just go to her bookshelf and there'd be these like Rockstar and The Stud and Lovers and Gamblers and like I'd read them and they had these very graphic smutty like sex scenes and I just remember reading them going like what is this? She was like my first foray into what became some of the stuff that I read later on. Yeah and then kind of gotten into as time went on. Yeah. So it's surprising that they don't have more authors at the AVNs. I mean it was the video award show and stuff like that but it's the video award show so you wouldn't expect to see like a lot of toy companies there or like you know sure like lube companies like it's the video award show you just but i think all those there. things kind of go hand in hand <laughs> so why not more authors pun intended hand in hand <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i think that would be something that would be like really interesting because they do have you know book conventions like that like there's romance conventions and things oh, yeah. like that but like I don't know, because I, I know, like, ever since, like, Fifty Shades of Bullshit came out, oh, people are just... such an awful book. It was so awful. Like, it was... And when I say erotica, I do not... Please do not think that I mean Fifty Shades of Grey. That is not Because erotica. that is just garbage. Like, it is... And I read it because, hello, it was such a big... Like, well, I had to reader. see what it was about, so... And it was terrible. It was, like, I got the chapter... Four. <laughs> and I kept saying, like, all right, if something doesn't change by chapter four, I'm out. Because it was so horribly written. It was. It was just, and then, like, not just once, but three times. And now she's doing it again from, like, his perspective. And I mean, his, suspect, his perspective should just be, like, yawn. <laughs> like, he has, his perspective should be, like, look, I got, like, so much money, so every minute that I'm not around this chick, I can go bang another chick, and I ain't got to listen to her whining. Who or isn't going to say crap? And... Yeah, like, I don't have to roll up a newspaper and smack her across the nose when she's misbehaving. <laughs> like, it's just, why put the effort in? It's so much. But I think it would be interesting if you did see, like, some of the better writers there. And, like, you know, I'm not going to... I don't want to discount Fifty Shades of Grey, because I think it did do some good well, for some got, people. It got erotica on the map to, like, a mainstream public, which, I mean, people knew about, but mm -hmm. weren't really comfortable with reading on the subways or anything, where now, if you take a subway, I swear, at least once a week, I still see people holding the book version yeah. of that, so they're not shy by it. No, they're definitely not. But I think, like, it just opened up a dialogue that maybe people hadn't been prepared to talk about until that book came out. You know, I mean, like, they call it, like, what do they call it? Like, housewife porn or something. Mommy porn. Mommy porn, yeah. yeah. Like, like, it was mommy porn because it's not, like, hardcore. It's not like, you know, you're reading on Ice Nin, which can be pretty graphic and just really, really graphic. <laughs> but, yeah. like, it's... It was just kind of vanilla, and I think, like, just some people needed to just open up a little bit. Yeah, and I think, like, once that did open, there was more people, like, hitting more erotica mm -hmm. websites and realizing, like, all right, we're not limited to this. Right, which is why I think maybe some people, we did see some regular people at the AVNs. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of regular people running around. And <laughs> running just, around. Yeah, and it was just like, you know, I would say that when you had, like, husband and wives there who were there for the first time, their immediate reaction was, in every instance, like, 
we expected it to be a lot crazier than mm-hmm. what it was. And I mean, maybe like because we didn't cover the actual awards, which can get pretty raunchy, as you know we've seen from you know coverage of it on on cable and things like that. But you know, this was just oh, this was an expo. Like just you go in, you see people, you see who's around because they were. It's almost like a comic con because like you have people that are doing signings at their booths or at you know, video booths and things like that or their own specific booths and everything. So it's like, they're accessible, but not crazy. Yeah, and it's like three days of that leading up to the big event. Which is Saturday night, which, you know, we were gone for that because that would have just been way too crazy, I think. Yeah, and we could have gone for that, but I feel like after being there for three days, like, we saw all we needed to really see. Which is kind of a perfect way to sum up Vegas, if you think about it. Like Three days and out. Three days, yeah. Like, in, <laughs> you're in and you're out. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to stay in Vegas longer than three days. Yeah, and... it gets kind of tiresome. Especially if you're not, like, I'm very miserly, so I'm not, like, a big gambler. So I don't really, well, like... Not. No, I'm not. I don't, like... I'd rather, like, go get something to eat <laughs> instead of yes. putting my money in, like, a slot machine. Which we did. Which we did, yes. <laughs> eat, I mean, not... Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... So one of the things that was kind of interesting was um, when we were there and we were waiting to, like, do the interview with James Dean, because mm-hmm. we did get one, um, which I'm sure will wind up on the website eventually. Eventually, yes. Um, probably as we get closer to the AVNs, which happens in January. Yes. We'll post it then. Um, when we were talking with, before we were talking to him, actually, <laughs> we were outside of the convention area where he was about to speak. Yeah. We expected a much, much bigger turnout than what it was. It was packed. I mean, the room was definitely packed. It definitely was. I don't know why I was thinking, like, he could fill up, like, maybe a small stadium. Because <laughs> like, he's so well-known that you would think that he can fill up this but, thing. Yeah. But the room was a very, very decent-sized room. It was yeah. completely full. And before we got in, we're waiting for... We're, like, maybe, like, 10 or 15 minutes early. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's a group of people walking with one man in the middle. And the way the interviews and stuff like that worked there was you had literally... Seconds. Seconds to get a microphone in somebody's face, mm-hmm. ask a question before they turned and walked away. Hopefully you got an answer. Mm-hmm. It was not a very easy environment to like get like questions off to these people. Um, so here comes this huge group, of, this huge mob of people. Mm-hmm. With people just clamoring. Like, it was fans, it was press, like... Oh, yeah. Just people trying to take selfies and everything. And I get shoved from behind with, there's James Dean. And I get pushed into the throng of people. Who did that? You oh, pushed yeah, me I did from that. behind because you I were know. standing behind me. And he shoved me into this group of people. He's like, there's James Dean. Go. Because we had come up with, like, a couple questions that we were going to ask. When we were at the show, because we didn't know what the ending was. We didn't know we were going to get a chance to actually talk with him. We just thought he was going to speak. Maybe he'll take in a question or two from the audience, yeah, like which Q&A. we were hoping we'd get one. So we wrote a couple of questions just mm-hmm. to make sure if we can get one, we would. Yeah. And when I saw the mob of people, just instinctively thinking where we were standing, what the time frame was, chances are it probably is James Dean. And we had, of course, seen pictures of James Dean. and But you always think like, oh, my gosh in person you know you see someone in the flesh (laughs) it's different from seeing them in the flesh on the film (laughs) and it's so it's so weird because it's all happening so quickly that it's hard to like make your brain think that it's not someone who you think it is like you've already like established in your head you've convinced this has to be james dean coming down the down the hallway 
And obviously, since I've not seen too many movies in my day, I was going by your lead. <laughs> yeah, so I threw you into the middle of a group of people, which I couldn't see who was in the middle of, but just assumed it was James Dean, mm-hmm. and had you ask Mr. Pseudo-James Dean some questions. Yes, and so he finished up talking to someone, yeah. and I said, hey, James, blah, 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 and I asked, like, whatever my first question was, and he was like, why did you just call me that? And I was, and I suddenly realized that I made a huge mistake, <laughs> and that it was not, in fact, James Dean, because I got to finally see his face, and I was like, yeah, that's not James. And I got to ask, like, a question about, oh, I think, like, I pulled out, because like, I got, like, really, like, stunned for a second, like, deer in the headlights, and then I recovered, and I was like, if you could work, like, you've worked with so many beautiful women, what, you know, who is one person that you wish that you could work with? Like, Living Dead doesn't even have to be actress, like, who would you love to work with? And what was his answer? His answer was Scarlett Johansson. So boring. And I get it. Like, living or dead. Like, I mean... You're not necessarily going to choose somebody who died just because they died. But I feel like, over all time, Scarlett Johansson, I mean, this guy was with some pretty hot chicks over the years. Hotter than Scarlett Johansson. So it's like, why would you pick her? Yeah, like, out of everybody. I mean, she's sexy, sure. She's got, she's she's stunning. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, it's like, hmm, really? That's like... Kind of vanilla. And I think he even said it. Didn't he even say? Yeah, he said like I know it's like a you know he goes I know it's like a boring choice, but like I just I love her, and it's like okay I could I can understand that. I guess fair enough. And then he asks me, well, what about you? And I was like, uh, (laughs) but I said Steve McQueen. (laughs) Yeah, and by that time he was already upset with me. Well, he was upset with you because now we have to tell the story of how you became part of the conversation. Yeah, and it was weird because when I threw you into the mosh pit of Mm -hmm. people. I couldn't see. I was holding a camera. You're, the microphone a was up to it. A big camera, too. Like a real like movie camera. Yeah, and I'm trying to like get the videotape. And I'm holding it up. And, I mean, looking back at the footage now, like there was no... You couldn't see anything in the middle of it. I was just hoping to pick up the audio, which we sure. were going to use at a later date. Um, and the cool thing about it was, at the time, we weren't doing like any audio format stuff. It was all like for, for print. So mm-hmm. it was like, ah, we can easily just yeah. pull things out for our own whatever we needed it for. I really didn't need the video. So, when I sent Nikki into the pit to go and talk to him of this just this massive quote unquote James Dean person, I sent her in, put my headphones on, but it was so loud and so congested that I couldn't hear everything that was being recorded. So I just assumed, all right, when we get back to the room, I'll throw on the headphones, I'll be able to hear his answers, we'll be able to pull mm-hmm. out whatever we need from him. Sure. Well. After Nikki was done talking to this guy, I walked over, and I was like, hey, James. Meanwhile, as he's like, (laughs) hey, I'm going, like, shaking my head, trying to have this quote-unquote James Dean person not see me behind him going, no, no, shaking my head, using hand signals, like, don't say it. (laughs) And you know that I don't know what you're saying half time. No, he just gives me this, like... WTF look. Yeah, like, why are you trying to throw me off my game? Because I feel even like when we're doing this show, once in a while, you'll point to your headphones, you'll point out the window, you'll point to the wall or a list or something like that, and I'll look and I'll just be like, I lost my train of thought. But with this situation, there was no time to lose your train of thought. So you 
over, like, shaking your head and waving your arms, like, you know, like, just flailing. Subtly. Subtly. Flailing. I wasn't flailing. I was I was going to say, you look like you were out in the ocean trying to get help. <laughs> but, like, trying to think of something that would be topical, that maybe not everybody would ask him. So, I said, hey, what was it like working with Farrah Abraham? Because he was Mom? never asked that before, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he was asked that, but it was still kind of like in the news and stuff like sure. that. Teen Mom, Backdoor Teen Mom 2 was coming out, I think, like within a month or so at that time. So I was like, all right. And I'm like, oh, well, I just read about this, like on something like Yahoo sure, News. Sure, or something. Sure. So I'm like, oh, and so I can ask him about this, like right away. Because I knew it was something that you weren't going to ask him because, you know. I didn't want to ask about it, yeah. Right. Plus, it wasn't James Dean. So, like, <laughs> why would you ask him that in the first place? So we nev- I knew we never got to that question because as I was listening and time went on, I was thinking to myself, like, that wasn't asked. I'm going to ask about Farrah Abraham. And I'm like, so what was James? What was it like working with Farrah Abraham? And um, he looks at me. And, like, for and the finally... first time, I'm finally looking at his face and I'm like going, this isn't who I thought it was. It wasn't. It was not. It was Manuel, who is also, like, very, very popular in the yes, porn world. Yes, he's very popular. Yes, it would be. It would be kind of like, you know, picking out, like, two famous people that are, like, equally famous and calling him somebody else. Sure. You know, and Manuel is, like, he's like a bastard in his movies. Like, I, that, that's how I perceive him. He's, like, rough. Like, really rough. Where James Dean is kind of like the boy next door guy. He can be rough, but for the most part, you like more like sure. watered down version. But definitely, I would say they're both very, very popular. And Manuel turns around and he looks at me and he has like a very, um, what is it? A Latin flair, I would say, about him. Yeah, he's got like just, he's got a very sensual look, sensual, like, um, accent you know he's very he's a very sensual person yes but manly he's yeah he's oh very, very much very like, much yes. very like mm. yeah and he looks at me and he goes why would i know about farrah abraham i can't stand her <laughs> and then that's when i think i turned completely white and you had jumped in and said hey if you could sleep with anyone who would it be oh to save it yeah to, to save, save it, it. <laughs> And I was still trying to process, who the hell are we talking to right now? Because everything in my world is now turned upside down. I don't know what the hell's going on right now. And this is such a horrible journalism mistake. But, you know, in an effort to not feel so bad, I realized Fox News does this all the time. All the time. So I was like, ah, I can't really feel that bad about it. I'm like, I'll get over it. Like, Fox <laughs> makes a whole billion-dollar industry out of this. So whatever. So... It winds up being that, after we realize it, um, Manuel answers Nikki with, you know, Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. and then he asks mm-hmm. Nikki, like, who would you, what would your choice be? Mm-hmm. And you answered him with Steve McQueen, and he thought that was very weird. Because he's been dead since 1980. <laughs> and it's weird. And I feel like you had to even, like, clarify to him, like, not the dead Steve McQueen. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then he was like, going, oh, but still. And it was like, no, not still. Like, if, if. <laughs> Like, of all time, yeah. yeah. Just like imagine we plucked him out of like 1963, like that Steve McQueen is the guy I would sleep with, like not the one that's yeah. 
married right now. And then he still wasn't getting it. Yeah. And then we just kind of were like, well, thanks for your time. And then we both just kind of scuttled away. So it wasn't our finest moment, but it ended up working out well because the real James Dean was awesome. Right. Well, it worked out well for you because I feel like at one point after he asked you who you would like, I was just like waiting like, don't you want to ask me who I would sleep with? And he just kind of looked at me and was like, ugh. Like this So guy. you basically saved my face when I screwed up the first time. Yeah, but it was really my fault because it I'm was the one who said, fault, hey, go, yeah. go jump in there. You pushed me. <laughs> like, you shoved me. Like Go talk to James Dean and ask him a couple of questions about stuff. And so it totally was my fault. But at the end, I'm the one who paid for it because he just looked at me like, you are just <laughs> a train wreck, dude. Like, what is your problem? So it was it was it was funny. It was a funny moment and everybody has a story like that where you just kind of screw up like <laughs> Yes. And at least we can laugh about it now. <laughs> yeah, well now. But <laughs> months and months later. <laughs> but I mean looking at it, like at the time it was just like, Oh man, like what a horrible mistake. Like you know, you if you wanna be recognized in any industry, I would say it's porn. Because I feel like it's such a male ego thing. It's sure, like, oh my gosh, oh. yeah. You don't want to be, like, compared to the other guy. It's like going, oh, dude, that's not my dangus. It's someone else's that you're (laughs) talking about. (laughs) So That sounds like it would be a good movie title, not my dangus. It might be a movie title already. There's probably 16 of it out. Yeah. Not Part my seventy-two. Yeah, not my dang is sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, I, I that that was kind of humbling. But then when we went and we, we met James Dean. He was very very cool. Yeah, he was really laid back. Like he was really cool. Yeah, and I mean, I think that um, you know, probably again in the upcoming weeks or months or whatever, we'll post like some of the audio that we have sure. taken of him. <laughs> So we'll see how clear that came out. <laughs> I mean, those are basically the highlights of the AVNs as far for as us, yeah, yeah. For us. I mean, I mean, there was definitely like a lot of like eye candy floating around. Sure. I mean, you know, I would say that when we first got there, we had no idea what to expect. We came in and like I think like one of the first booths that we stopped at was like uh, the Rabbit. The Rabbit, yep, the which, legendary Rabbit. Which they're rebranding, and this company bought the name, so mm-hmm. now it's like the Rabbit, as opposed to like every other, you know. Yeah, like the Sex in the that, City Rabbit that you know is so tired. Yeah, this one is now like it's like one Rabbit. That's it. That's the name of it. Mm-hmm. They own the name. So while we were sitting there talking to that woman behind us, is another booth that just has like these metal things, and they all look so cool, and they're shiny, and. You know, and that literally was like what you said. You were like, "Oh, shiny!" Uh, well, yeah. and you just like wandered off. <laughs> it's a guy thing. Like it's so weird. Like we can look around that like there can be like a room full of strippers, and then there can be something like shiny, and we'll be like, "What's that shiny thing over there?" <laughs> like we have to see what the next shiniest thing is. <laughs> so we go and we turn around after we're done with the first interview, and we look at it, and we we're doing what everybody was doing. We pick up this like these metal. And they were heavy. Sculptures. They were so heavy. Oh, but they looked cool. It looked like you could kill somebody with mm-hmm. it. And it wound up being like, you know, the guy was like, oh, he's like, oh, thanks for stopping by. He goes, these are used for the anus. And it's like, <laughs> oh, and then you kind of just slowly put, put it, it back down. down on the counter <laughs> like, eee. But because we were doing the articles and stuff like that at the time, we were like, well, do you want us to interview you about some of these products? And the guy was like, we can't do an interview with you because we can't sell more than what we have because we make them by hand. Right, yeah. <clears throat> they couldn't, like, they didn't want to, like, build up 
more than they could, you know, supply. Right. So it was like, yeah, like, well, we don't, and they were like, just, it was very odd because it's like, well, then why are you here if not to build up more business? Like, and I couldn't understand that. And I think it was just product recognition, just getting people to realize it. So down the road, if they could like wind up mass producing these things, but it was like thinking way, way ahead. And a lot of the booths didn't have like stuff that you can buy. Like you couldn't buy anything from that guy's booth or from the rabbit Mm -hmm. booth. Like because everything was wholesale and. Right. So you had to like actually order online Mm -hmm. and. And or it go was to just, like your local sex store. Yeah, but it was weird because you think in Vegas, like you can get whatever you want. Like I was, mm-hmm. I, and I think we were both thinking, like, man, we're gonna come get on the plane. We'll have like these suitcase full of like all these different things that like, <laughs> came from the convention. Yeah. And then we got there, and it's like you can't really buy anything there. But while we were standing at that booth, there were so many people like on that first day that would walk up and pick up like those. Yeah, and be like, ooh, ooh what's this shiny? Yeah, like look at this anal intruder. And then they'd be like, wait, it's anal intruder? Is that what this thing is? And then they would, like, all do the same thing when they just put it down slowly, like, I didn't know what this was. So, I mean, it was definitely, like, an educational experience for all. It was. It certainly was. It was sex ed. It was. (laughs) 2.0. And very clinical at times. Yeah, it was. Like, there was, like, a lot of health, like, you know, um... Like, actual, like, TENS machines that you would use, like, where you hook up to, like, the electrical outlet. We actually ended up buying one of those because we, we're old and we have pain. <laughs> and we used it a yeah, lot, Yeah, we did too. use it, yeah. It was it was actually, like, really cool. Like, you put it, like, on your body, like, the electrode kind of thing. And, you know, and it was just for, because a lot of, and, like, they pitched it. Like, when we talked to the people from there, they were pitching it to strippers. Because, like, they do such a workout on the pole that, like, they get muscle aches and things like that and she said that like they market it to strippers and dancers and things you can literally market anything to anyone if true you of course time. if you're a good enough marketer yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything is for anybody definitely i mean but overall i would say that the whole experience was awesome yeah it really was it was cool we haven't decided whether or not we're going back again this year or not though i don't think we have to necessarily i feel like Having been there once, we understand what it's like to go through the chaos of, like, the convention. And if you've never been to it before, I think that it definitely makes sense to go if it's something that you're interested in. But at the end of the day, if you're writing about it, it's probably just easier to get the press releases and call the person up. And do, like, your own interview, like, off. Before time to help promote the product. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how we really helped at the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were, like, talking about these people products, but they were already gone, so. Yeah. So maybe what we can do going forward is just maybe bring some of that information to people before the AVNs come up this January and help them out that way. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we made it through our first podcast. I think we did. Finally. I mean, you know, it took a couple of attempts, but I think we finally I think we got our through. money shot. I think we <laughs> did, as they say in the biz. <laughs> Check out the High Regard Show, like, every Monday, where we will be putting the pop in pop culture. Pop, pop. Oh, my God. It's just, now I just feel like we're just going pun crazy. <laughs> this is just puntastic. It is puntastic. So be sure to check us out on highregardshow.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you come back next week. That's right. Thank you, folks.
the high regard show it's electric like i don't know shocking i'm out check out the high regard show new episodes every monday